So, praise God. We are... <laughs> we are streaming tonight. This is going to be fun. And, and I'm grateful that, that we didn't... Uh, we didn't uh, allow the world to dictate to us what we're going to do back then. Um, but even right now, I, I want to kind of challenge us. You know, there's a lot of, it uh, seems like the way this uh, this last variant is gone, it seems like a lot of people are are being affected by it, and um, even more so than before. And um, I, I want to challenge us with some things because uh, we have an opportunity to uh, stand on those promises that we've been given. Uh, all of God's promises are in Christ are yes and amen. And so, what do we do about that, though? And uh, so, I've, I've got some. I've got some really cool stories. I was reading something out of the Old Testament, um, out of uh, Jeremiah, actually. And um, you know, Jeremiah had a really tough uh, job. He had to prophesy doom and gloom. That, that God was going to uh, cause a foreign king to come in and, and that they were supposed to submit to him because they had not submitted to God. And so there was a, it, was, it was like judgment to them. But Jeremiah's having to, to prophesy these things and then he, he, he comes under persecution and stuff himself. But I want to I challenge us uh, tonight because I believe there's, um, you know, there's been so much... Uh, <laughs> Uh, information that's that's been called conspiracy theory. And I think sometimes we can almost get in that kind of an attitude, especially when we see uh, uh, things even from the Word of God where God says, you know, if you, if, if, uh, if you uh, comply with what I've said, you're going to have blessings. If you don't, uh, well, there's going to be some challenges. It, well, Jesus said, you know, in the world you're going to have tribulation, so you're going to go through something. But we have a promise to be victorious in everything. And, uh, but I, I believe sometimes if we're not careful, we can uh, take for granted um, some of the warnings that we have and some of the promises that we have and, and not really access the power of them. It's almost like they, be, they can become like it. Oh, that's just, even, even when we're saying yes to it, it, it can be almost like it's a, um, a theory or a, um, just a story. Until we experience it. And then we have an opportunity to, um, to choose and to, to, to access what God has given us in him. So I've, I've called this a warning versus conspiracy theory and, and love versus protection. And um, good. All right. So this is out of Jeremiah 40, uh, starting in verse 13. And, and what, what I'm seeing here is there's a desire to get along over belief in conspiracy can end in destruction. And there's a story, um, I think it's, it's really, uh, it's an interesting story that talks about um, the time that Jeremiah had prophesied when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon would come in and he would take away, and this is, you know, this is where Daniel and, and the Hebrew children, uh, they, they're taken into to Babylon. Uh, but th there were several that were left behind. There were several uh, of the, of the Hebrew children that were left behind and uh, they were allowed to actually harvest and, and, um, and, and to be productive uh, back in, in Israel. Um, 
And so for that to take place, they still needed to be, needed to be re- ruled by Babylon. So, so what um, King Nebuchadnezzar did, uh, Nebuchadnezzar did, is he sent a ruler, Gedaliah. And so Gedaliah comes in, and he's going to uh, he's going to rule over them, and he's actually a really good guy, um, but he's a little bit naive. He's wanting to think the best. He's wanting to just. He's, he's wanting to, to uh, be, be good buddies with everybody. I don't know if that's a politician or not, but, but that's what he was wanting to do. And so let me just read through this. It's, it's, it's to this point, he's come in and, and actually, it's like a blessing. He's, he's like a good ruler to these people that have been left behind in Israel. So it says, soon after this, Johanan, son of Korea, and the other military leaders came to Gedaliah at Mizpah. And they said to him, did you know that Balas, king of Ammon, has sent Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, uh, to assassinate you? But Gedaliah refused to believe them. He said, ah, that's just a conspiracy theory. That's just something, I, I don't, you're just trying to manipulate me. You're just trying to, to get me to believe something that's not true. This was a man that had some insight, had some understanding, Johanan. And he came and some of these other men, and they tried to warn Gedaliah. But Gedaliah says, no, we're just going to get along. That's just a conspiracy that you've come up with. That's just a conspiracy theory. Later, Johanan had a private conference with Gedaliah and volunteered to kill Ishmael Secretly. So first of all, a bunch of guys come around and they try to warn Gedaliah. And then Ish, uh, or, uh, Johanan meets with Gedaliah personally. He says, man, you need to let me kill that guy or there's going to be problems. And again, Gedaliah says, no. No, you're just, you're, just, you're just a conspiracy theorist. Why should we let... Um, why should we let him come and murder you, Johanan asked... What will happen then to the Judeans who have returned? Why should the few of us who are still left be scattered and lost? But Gedaliah said to Johanan, I forbid you to do any such thing, for you are lying about Ishmael. <laughs> this, is, this is that whole misinformation thing. Oh, you're coming up with misinformation. And Man, it becomes very important for us to, de- to, to determine and discern what the truth actually is so we're not missing out on a warning, missing out on an opportunity to partake of a blessing. But it, let me keep going here. This is, actually goes into the next chapter here. and, it's, and it's, This is the consequence of Gedaliah not being able to perceive that the warning that was given to him was actually truth. It was not a lie. But in mid-autumn of that year, Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, I, I miss that one every time, Nathaniah, there we go, Nathaniah, how's that sound? And, and grandson of Elishama, uh, I should have practiced these, I'm sorry, who was a member of the royal family and had been one of the king's high officials, went to Mizpah with 10 men to meet Gedaliah while they were eating together. So these guys come in, from Ish- Ishmael comes in with some of his his cohorts, and they sit down to eat with Gedaliah. And Ishmael and his 10 men suddenly jumped up, drew their swords, 
and killed Gedaliah, just like Johanan said that he would do. This was not conspiracy. This was the truth. It was a warning. Whom the king of Babylon had appointed governor. Ishmael also killed all the Judeans and the Babylonian soldiers who were with Gedaliah at Mizpah. So not only did Gedaliah lose his own life, but the ones that he had come to protect and to, and to rule over, they were actually killed too. And, and he didn't stop there. Listen to this. Just, he just keeps going. And the next day before anyone had heard about Gedaliah's murder, eight, 80 men arrived from Shechem, Shiloh, and Samaria to worship at the temple of the Lord. They had shaved off their beards, torn their clothes, and cut themselves, and had brought along grain offerings and frankincense. They came to worship the Lord. They did not know what had already happened to Gedaliah. So they come in innocent and naive themselves. Ishmael left Mizpah to meet them, weeping as he went. When he reached them, he said, oh, come and see what has happened to Gedaliah. He's, he's acting like he's the innocent one. But as soon as they were all inside the town, Ishmael and his men killed all but 10 of them and threw their bodies into a cistern. He killed 70 of these people that were just coming to worship. I don't know, that just hit me. It's like, man, you have to be able to heed a warning. And, and what God does when he, 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 he's, warning against, he's warning against the presence in our lives that, that we will have to have disdain for, we will have to say, I, I'm going to have to eradicate that. I'm going to have to listen to Ishmael, and I'm going to have to kill this thing. You know, there, there's things that just can't, we can't coexist. It's like this, this place just didn't, this, this, this town just isn't big enough for the two of us. You know, he's got to go. And it's a principle, I, I want to look at several other uh, examples of this, because um, for, for us to be able to survive in the blessings of God, something else is going to have to die from time to time. And we are going to have to uh, discern what, what the warnings from God are and apply them to our life. Now, some of these things we're going to look at, I mean, in this case, it, for this to, to have, have, have been right, <laughs> um, Ishmael should have been killed up front. But that's pretty drastic. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty uh, you know, over the top, and yet that's what needed to be done. For, for there to be righteousness, uh, something has to die. <laughs> um, I'm so glad Jesus came to die for us, you know, so that we could be righteous in him. But we have a choice in this also. And, and some of these examples that I'm going to look at, they have to do with actually people in our lives. I, and, and I'm going to be using this just as an example because um, what we don't realize is that relationships that we have and I, I'm, not just, I'm not just here to, uh, I don't want to just camp out on people in our lives, but it, it might be very real. You know, um, when, you get, when you get born again, um, uh, you have to cut off some relationships. You can't just, why? Well, you, we're supposed to love everybody. We're just supposed to, you know, forgive and not judge and all these kinds of things. Because when you embrace something that is not of God and you, you don't heed the warning against that, we're going to see what a warning is in here, it, it, can, it can keep you and it can actually corrupt you. Um, so we were fortunate actually to, uh, to go to a breakfast this morning, got to meet uh, 
Alan West and Louis Gohmert, some of our politicians here in, in Texas. And, and one of them gave the example, you know, how, how, how uh, King Solomon was so, so wise. And yet what happened to him that caused his demise is, is he began to associate with all these women from foreign countries that were serving other gods. And he actually started serving other gods. Well, you know, back then, I, I, it wasn't defined that you shouldn't have a thousand wives, I guess. But, but the, this, the, the worshiping of the other gods happened because the wives were there. And what he was drawn into something was based upon a presence. And so God wants to, he wants to help us to see that certain things are just going to have to be eradicated from our life. And, and, and we'll, we'll look at this as far as, as people goes, because it, it's, it's really pretty clear in several, several of these examples. Um, remember, there's a story of, uh, and, and what, what, what's happening to, to, to us or to one person in our midst is affecting the whole of us, too. And, and I don't know, this really goes to my heart with, with us as a church body. Is, is there has to be this responsibility and this understanding that we have that what I'm doing with what God has given me is not just affecting me, it's affecting our whole body. And there's a story out of uh, Joshua 7. And remember, the, <clears throat> the children of Israel were, were delivered from Egypt, and, but they're out, in the, uh, um, they're out in the wilderness and they're actually overcoming their enemies. I mean, they have some, some major victories. But they have this one instance that takes place. And, and God told him, he was telling him, you know, when you go in and you, and you occupy, especially in this particular instance, instance, when you go in and you defeat your enemy, I want you to take all the spoils and I want you to bring them back because they need to be offered unto me. So nobody's supposed to keep anything. Now, there were other times when he, he would allow them to take things. But this time, God said very specifically, he said, don't anybody keep anything. And so, uh, so they, they had this encounter, this, this uh, conflict, where they, there was a small area, a small enemy called Ai, and they, they, sent, they said, well, we, won't, we don't, only, don't even need to send that many people. We'll just send a few. And they go up, and this small community <laughs> completely defeats them. And they are thrown into a tailspin. They say, what's going on? I thought God was with us. So Joshua goes before God and, and he says, well, somebody has taken some things. Somebody has done something. So there was a person, one man, one man <laughs> in the whole camp had done something out of line. And, you know, sometimes we, we want to have just a personal relationship with God and we can say, well, this is just all about me. But it's not. In fact, people in our life, it, it, they can be affecting us. And, and we have to be careful about relationships and about uh, how we are being in, in a relationship. We have to understand that our, our righteousness, how we're living according to what we've been given in Christ, is not just about us. And so, and so uh, Achan... Uh, he had gone in and, and he, had, he said, man, I saw these spoils. I saw all this, these riches and I saw these things. And, and I, as he said, why not? Why not? Ah, that's just a conspiracy theory, that stuff about us not doing that. And, and it God, man, if God delivered us from Egypt, surely I can take a few things. And so he went back and he hid them under his tent. 
And the silver was down at the bottom of it all. And, 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 and uh, so, I mean, they went through this process of finding out who this guy was. And when they finally found out what, who it was, he had to be eradicated. This, this is sad to me, you know, because it wasn't just him. It was his whole family, too. I, it didn't say how, how many were in his family. But, but because Achan had done something, it, meant, it corrupted the whole camp. It corrupted the whole nation. And for there to be a cleansing of that and an ability for God to bless them again, Joshua had to have the whole family, all their animals, everything that was associated with Achan had to bring them out, and they stoned them all. They killed them all. They eradicated them. And, you know, I, I'm, so, I'm so grateful. We, we do live in a, in, a, in a realm of grace now. But there's this principle, I believe, that is with God. It's like, he's this holy God. He doesn't put up with, he doesn't put up with shenanigans, you know? <laughs> and once he said something, either you humble yourself and you, come, you submit to that, or it's a conspiracy theory. I'm telling you what, the word of God is not a conspiracy theory. It's the truth. And there are multiple warnings in there. There are multiple directives that we've been given. And either we submit to them or we get in a position. It might not happen right now, but we're positioned for something other than blessing for sure. And for that to be taken care of, I believe God is continually desiring for us to take care of these things. He, you know, sometimes we want him to just come and, and, and remove something. I know I've had issues in my own life and say, God, why don't you just get rid of this? He says, because that's your choice. You're gonna have to be the one that doesn't hide the stuff under the tent. <laughs> and so uh, let, let me look at another one here. I'm just gonna go into the New Testament a little bit because Paul addresses this. And, and you know, <laughs> especially in the light of, of some of the stuff that's going on in our world today, uh, people... There, there's this understanding that we should all just, in fact, you know, you see it on bumper stickers and stuff. It's coexist. Well, I'm sorry. You don't get to just coexist with God if you're not complying with God. You don't get to just be a part of something that is most holy and righteous and, and be defiant of what he said about some things. And so Paul addresses this, and, and it's not nice and you would think, well, where is the love? Where is the love? You know, where, where, where is the good feelings about things? And he says, no, because if there is somebody in your midst that you allow to continue to be this way, and, and you know, here, here's, here's, because I was thinking about this, uh, I've never had to just tell somebody to leave because how bad they were. <laughs> but I really believe, you know, that, that if we preach the word of God, the word of God is gonna correct people or they won't be able to stay. And uh, we've seen this over and over again, that the, the, there's correction in the word of God, and we're, we are not gonna compromise. We're not gonna say it's okay to do something. Uh, and and, and specifically, specifically, some of these things that Paul talks about are sexual things, but just attitudes, and, and, and it's, not, it's not that, you, you know, I think we can fall into sin, but then we can have determined sin where we just continue. We say, ah, that's just conspiracy theory. I can just get by with this. And, uh, and so Paul addresses this in Titus 3.10. Relationships within can be harmful to the whole. 
Now, what we're looking at here is that we want to get at is we're not just being judgmental to the world. If the world has never accepted Jesus, we're not going to go be, you know, uh, accusing them or judging them or something. But somebody that comes into our body, especially our body, like here at, at, at New Life Church, you know, we, we can love everybody. We can, we can wrap our arms around everybody, but we don't wrap our arms around things that are unrighteous, that aren't the righteousness of God. And we want to bring people up. We want to bring people back into union with God, into the perfection that he's called us to. Because if we don't do that, it will corrupt the whole. And so I really believe, you know, that if we preach the word, if, we, if, if somebody is in in it, you know, practicing sin. It's not, it's not just falling into sin, but practicing it. That they need to know about it, first of all. They need to be able to recognize that that's what's going on. But then they need to be able to uh, be restored. And if not, this is what Paul says, if people are causing divisions among you, give a first and second warning. So he says, these are, these are warnings that you need to give. After that, have nothing more to do with them. Aren't you glad he didn't say, go kill them? <laughs> don't, don't, don't stone them or anything. But there does need to be a separation for that stuff. For people like that have turned away from the truth and their own sin condemns them. Now, he's not giving the reason why this needs to happen, but we'll see a little bit later that there is there's a necessity of that because the presence of somebody that is practicing and then, and then claiming to be okay is a corrupting force, is a corrupting presence. So let's look at this, um, uh, this next one. The presence of deliberate and continued violations cannot bring victory. So 1 Timothy 1.19, cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. Did you know our own hearts are telling us whether or not we should be burying something under the tent? Right? Our own hearts are telling us these things. And he says, make sure you're keeping your conscience clear. For some people have de deliberately violated their consciences. Why? How, how does that ever happen? Because there's this perception that it's just not as, as ominous as God said it would be. You know, people all over the world have heard the message of the gospel. God's loved us so much that he came and gave his son, or he sent his son who came and delivered us from sin so we don't have to perish. <coughs> and yet, people continually are denying him, turning their back on him. Why? Because uh, that's, that's just a fable. That's just, that's not really, it's a conspiracy theory. It's not the real, it's not a warning that I think I need to take right now. And, you know, according to Jesus, there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth because people thought something wasn't as perilous as it really was. And so it says um, they've deliberately violated what their heart was telling them was the truth because they were wanting to partake of something that was being denied them. As a result, their faith has been shipwrecked. So it's, you can't have faith in God and violate your conscience. You can't have this. So what's happened when, when the presence of that thing is there, it disrupts a relationship 
with God. Now, we'll, we'll continue because I think it's, this is necessary. <coughs> and he uses an example of these two guys in particular. He says, Hymenaeus and uh, Alexander are two examples. I threw them out and handed them over to Satan. So they might learn not to blaspheme God. Man, you don't want to go crossways with Paul. <laughs> you know, well, you're not going crossways with Paul. You're going cross, crossways with God. But isn't it interesting how Paul just did not allow this to happen? And I guess this is part of the point I'm wanting to, to, to recognize is that Paul just didn't allow this stuff out of not wanting to confront. He didn't want to just get along. No, he wanted to please God. And, and this is where we have to get in our, in our lives and even in our relationships. What's most important to me is not getting along with somebody. It's, it's getting along with God. <laughs> it's being in fellowship with God, a most holy God. And not compromising in the least. <laughs> Praise God. The presence of ungodliness is like leaven or yeast. So I like this because it helps us to see the reason why these, these things need to be eradicated from us. A little corrupts the whole. 1 Corinthians 5, 1 through 13. I can hardly believe the report about sexual immorality among, going on among you. Something that even pagans don't do. I am told that a man in your church is living in sin with his stepmother. You are so proud of yourselves. And you know, th this phrase actually, it always kind of made me so, how can you be proud of that? I don't know. Maybe they're saying, well, the, the grace of God even makes it okay for him or something. I don't know. But, but it says, but you should be mourning in sorrow and shame. And you should remove this man from your fellowship. So what does he do? He does this again. He says, you have to eradicate something like this. You can't allow it to be in your life. And again, there's something I'm wanting to get to beyond this. So hang with me. This isn't just about separating people. Although I think this, this is a necessity. We have to not just fellowship with these kind of things, right? Even though I am not with you in person, I am with you in the spirit. And, and as though I were there, I have already passed judgment on this man. Well, isn't he something? He's passing judgment on I thought we weren't supposed to judge anybody. We're judging our body. We're not just judging a person. We're judging our body. You know what? It, <laughs> I've had this. Anybody ever have like a wart or a <laughs> like a mole or something? My wife sent me off to get... Uh, to go to this skin person, and man, she went to town on my face. I had all these moles and spots and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And what'd she do? She got rid of all those things. The body has to take care of the body. You don't just say, oh, I'm not going to judge that ward. I, I, it, you know, it just needs to stay there. Or all those spots on my face. Oh, they're, they're just part of me. I just need to allow. No, the body takes care of the body. Now, if it's on somebody else's face, it can reside there. And maybe we need to not judge that, <laughs> right? But, but when it comes to me, we need to take care of ourselves. And I believe that's what Paul is doing here. He's saying, you know what? If you're part of this body, I have something to say about it. Because what you're doing is you're affecting the rest of the body. In the name of the Lord Jesus, you must call a meeting of the church. I will be present with you in spirit, and so will the power of our Lord Jesus. Isn't that something? He said, you know, when you're having this meeting, this isn't just a meeting of people that need to deal with somebody else. 
the presence of the Holy Spirit is there and Jesus himself. Isn't that something? You know, I don't think it's any small thing that Paul is making such a big deal out of this. Then you must throw this man out and hand him over to Satan. He, He likes to hand people over to Satan. Man, Paul. You're our example. We're supposed, okay, well, let's listen to him a little bit because this isn't the fun side of stuff and yet it's necessary because if, if there's not an eradication of something that is wrong, it will become a corruption of what is right. Then you must throw this man out and hand him over to Satan so that his sinful nature will be destroyed and he himself will be saved on the day of the Lord, the Lord returns. Your boasting about this is terrible. Don't you realize that this sin is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough? So this is what Paul's talking about. He's saying, you know what? When something is crossways with God's holiness, with his perfection, (laughs) and there's an acceptance of that thing, you know, I've, I've noticed this when it comes to some of the things that, that God has made very clear, you know, about behaviors and, and uh, attitudes and stuff in, in the church body. Um, in fact, there was a, there was a minister that, that we, uh, we went to his church up in Tulsa for a while. And um, a lot of times there's an ability to preach the uncompromising word until it affects somebody that you love. Somebody that you're associated with closely. And when it begins to affect them, now it begins to compromise your faith. Because you've allowed that relationship to be closer to you than the truth from God's word. And I believe this is partly what Paul's talking about. So this minister that we were with, his, his, I think it was his father passed away and, this, and, and he never lived for the Lord and he never served God his whole life. And he never made Jesus his Lord. He didn't get saved. And so according to what had been preached up to that point, he was going to hell. He was going to perish. But because there was this present and there was a, an allowing. I, you know, I believe we can have people in our life. It's not like we just cut everybody off. But who has our heart? Who are we going to cling to above the word of God? You know? And so what happened to this minister is he just complete, completely changed his whole theology and he decided that everybody's going to heaven whether or not they choose Jesus as their Lord or not. So it completely corrupted his faith. And, and you know, that, that's pretty extreme. But, but this happens to a lot of people uh, when it comes to gender things or, or uh, sexual preferences or even sexual habits and stuff and, and how people are living in their personal life. It's not an issue until it's somebody that's in your life, that's somebody that's in your circle, somebody that you care about. And then it becomes something where, well, I think, you know, I, I think maybe that's just a conspiracy theory because I love this person because I want to, I want to, I, I, I don't want to just judge them. I don't want to, well, it's not them. It's the behavior. It's, it's what they've, they've chosen to do, right? Um, and believe it or not, I'm getting, I'm going to get beyond this. I'm, I, I don't want to just, uh, camp on this, but man, this is necessary. Even what, what we're talking about or even right now, right? Get rid. And he's calling this yeast. Remember Jesus talked about the yeast of the Pharisees. What was it? It was a, it was a doctrine. It was a belief. It was a, it was something that caused them to not even be able to recognize him as the son of God. 
And so there's this theme coming back that Paul's using. He says, get rid of the old yeast 